हेलो वेलकम टू अनदर एडिशन ऑफ डिजाइन टॉक दिस इज अनिल यादव इन टूडेज पॉडकास्ट वी विल बी एक्सप्लोरिंग द व्यूज अराउंड डिजाइन कंसल्टेंसी एंड एंटरप्रेन्योरशिप वेलकम बैक एवरीवन वी विल कंटिन्यू आवर सॉफ्टवेयर एड पॉडकास्ट वी आर ज्वाइन विद आवर इंडस्ट्री स्पीकर्स रू एंड मैट टू स्टार्ट विद द क्विक इंट्रोडक्शन मैट यू वांट टू टेक फर्स्ट Uh, I've been working in software uh, full time since 1996. Uh, I work mostly on uh, data oriented structures. I did a economics degree. Uh, my first job after college was with uh, one of the big five consulting firms. Uh, I worked in knowledge management with them. So we did uh, uh, we used Lotus Notes. We uh, did knowledge management. We we had Uh, power pack databases we shared sanitized engagement deliverables uh, to try to get a creative process going across the uh, across the group and we would have dealt with the challenges associated with that that was the that was the main kind of uh, activity out there um and after that i worked in consulting and uh, we kind of went into the application space uh, from there thanks matt Ruth you want to share your experience Yes um hello I'm Ruth I am a full stack uh, software engineer in Oliver Wyman um I've been working in the industry for 3 and 1/2 years uh, mostly building web applications with backend analytics and also worked on software maintenance Thanks Ruth thanks Matt Moving on uh, first question uh, to both of you maybe Ruth you can take first what is design for you Well, I think it's basically everywhere. Like starting from like when you start the project, you design the architecture and um just like the design the framework and once you are in the project to develop like uh, working on the tickets, then you just I think it's involved in like how to do this specific task. Um yeah. Maybe Matt have some uh better opinions on this uh i i'm learning a lot about it in the in the course i i didn't a lot of the things that i uh, would have done before uh, and sit you know and worked with people but i you you would do it and you wouldn't really see it as design but i suppose if you if you have to pin it down and talk about what it is and define it i i suppose it's that it's a process that organizes or destroys a system um they can you can do it, it, it design happens consciously or it comes along by itself it evolves um like the i suppose like 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 gardens or it would be an analogy i i i i suppose but well managed over time like the design kind of systems evolve if it, if it, if it runs well if it grows if it grows well that that design kind of the, the knowledge that that goes into it kind of gets embedded in the value of the system continues to deliver So yeah it happens like Lou said it happens everywhere um it happens all the time it happens when it happens when systems are created it happens when you're maintaining them and it happens when you you ha- you have to you have to break things to to make other things so it happens when you're destroying them too uh, that's an interesting point i think uh, coming from software industry whenever we talk about design most of the time uh, people refer to the architecture or the solution design uh, ru probably a follow up question for you Uh, as a product design if we say if we have to uh, design up uh, a solution or a, or an application 
what are your opinions about that where do that design start and how does it proceed or evolve yeah myself was like a mainly probably only involved in one um, project design so for that for that project we already have some domain knowledge so we already have the version 2 of the tool so we just need to uh, we know what needs to achieve there and we just use a newer technical uh, stack um, for that so like every, all the aspects is kind of clear and we know what we want to do to improve it so with that in mind it just helps us a lot to design the version 3 of the tool okay so did you get any option to change or bring in any any new thing uh, into the specs or it was all uh, documented out for you um we actually had a very big meeting including everyone you have the partners you have the stakeholders and you have people specialized in data uh, in analytics in the ui ux design and you have everyone in the same room and then discuss the a plan that's what you want to improve in the for the current version and what would be a nice uh, thing to add in to the current tool so you got the, all the roadmaps figured out first before you're actually doing work on it thanks thanks ru and matt uh, for your insight hi i'm pratik uh, so my question is to matt since matt you have mentioned you have a, a consultant consulting experience so uh, can you give us a little bit uh, uh, insight on consulting like how consultancy works for you obviously there's some uh, there there are very often sensibilities to be managed and there there's boundaries and there's silos within organizations where where you you have to be careful uh, but generally we're we're usually referred in we don't do a lot of kind of front end sales work it's usually a referral it's usually something pretty specific we're starting with um so you know it's a it's a it's it's a question of going in and enga in, engaging with the problem getting 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 to know the customer uh getting getting to know enough about their business process to 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 be able to move uh to be able to move the move the problem on for them so thanks matt uh, this is anil again so probably a follow up question uh, how does the host company uh, team members suppose they are equally good and they, they do you feel any hostility or how did they treat you uh, when the consultants uh, joined the team so there there are there's definitely sensitivities to be managed there but it's a question of um if you're if you're moving fast enough and you're working with with data you're getting feedback and you're providing solutions when that's happening for a consultant team the level of engagement will deepen quite quickly uh, and then the 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 environment is very very good it's uh, it's 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 a it can be a very very high quality where the projects are ragged where the maybe they're they're not well managed and uh, responsibilities aren't clear uh, in those situations sometimes it can get a bit fraught but you're always working you're always working to engineer the the, the, the those problems out at the consulting level as it were Hi Matt I'm Manjit uh the next question is to you again Matt you have worked in corporate environment and the startup environment so could you please talk about the difference between the sta startup culture and corporate culture it it really again there's a there's a great deal of variety uh, if you were asking if I I've I've worked with a lot of people that are very active in a, a startup scene in the in the scene that's there and there's quite a lot of turnover between 
um, they, there's quite a lot of movement between they, they move quickly between jobs um, they, they, they the ideas start up they change form the, the project there, there's there's a lot of that I, I've seen a lot of that going on and it's quite a frenetic very creative environment a lot coming out of it a lot of ideas generated um, but it's kind of like it's it it's kind of like a scene as well um, in terms of our development, we kind of bootstrapped our product more. We would have had kind of smaller teams. We would have worked in no more than a team of five to put the the projects together. So our, our startups would be what you would call very, very poorly funded. They're funded by projects. So th that would be more the experience that, that we would have. But in culture terms, um, it's a lot, it's a lot more, it's a lot more free form. Um, the, you, you can get your ideas implemented a lot more a lot more easily. Um, when I worked in when I worked in the in the bigger the bigger companies, um, you're, you're, you you don't get you can't influence you can't influence as much. You can't. You, you, I suppose you can be a you you can be a, a there, there's the, there's the, sm the small fish big pond uh, smaller pond bigger fish kind of argument to be had. Uh, thanks for your insight, Matt. Ru, this question is for you. In software industry, our generation has a burnout culture. What do you incorporate to have a work-life balance? Um, yeah, I think that's a that's a good question. And so, uh, there are probably two perspectives. So, one from the team, I think. Um, the team should uh, shouldn't like encourage to work overtime always because people can get burnt out easily. Um, like in my team, we do health check frequently, so maybe you might need to work outside of the working hours if there's a production incident and that's hard to avoid. But that should definitely should be a real case, and if that happens more often than you think it should be, then um, it's better to go back and review the process to see if there's anything wrong. Um, just personally, um, I think it's what worked for me was to um, just set up some boundaries uh, between work and my life, uh, especially when you are working from home. So you don't end up like working all the time in front of your laptop. Um, so I usually switch off my laptop after six or half six. And then I also found that going away from the laptop during the lunch break can actually boost my productivity. So I got like a fresh mind to start the afternoon work. Sorry, Ru, can I ask you a question? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so when you say uh, when you say switch off at six o'clock and close the laptop, uh, very admirable. But do you find that you, so you say that you come back to uh, to work and you're you're fresh and you're ready to to continue working on the problem? Uh, do you think there might be an argument that uh, you, you work on a problem and that when you stop work, at some level in your mind, you continue to work on it, that, that that's happening? Do you think that might be true? Yeah, I think like it's also described in the uh, in the book we were reading. Um, I think if you like sometimes if you are. Yeah, but like so some for, for myself. When I, if I like still thinking of the problem didn't switch off my mind, uh, like late in the night, then maybe it well shows up in my dream. <laughs> like that's definitely too much. And so just try to, it's a process, but you need to learn how to uh, like leave the work aside 
uh, don't think of it. Otherwise, I think it's just like not efficient at all. Hope that answers your question. It does. Thank you. Uh, hi, Matt. This is Deepika here. Uh, I would like to ask you the same question. So what do you do to incorporate a work-life balance? For, for me or for my team? I think you could dance up for both. I, I really respect what Rue said about being able to switch off at six o'clock. Um, now, I operate different rules for myself. Uh, but um, just as regards working with the, with the, with the rest of the team, some, if, I have, if something goes very wrong somewhere and I need somebody's help, uh, I might I might ask, but that would be something that might happen once every two or three years where I might make a call like that. I, I try to really respect people's time. I think like very often, and I don't like it can go too far. You can say like like in the uh, you know people can start seeing Tom West in the tree in the in the in the tree in the squirrel's nest or something in the tree. Uh, you know you, you can go you can go too far with it, but. I also think there's a time, perhaps after work for about three hours, that you're kind of pondering something and it'll come to you in the shower or something. You'll be like, yes, that's, that's it. That's how we're, that's how we're going to do something. You see a simpler way to do something. And I know that the brain, you know, you don't, you shouldn't take too much on. You shouldn't have too many problems on your plate at one time because your brain is doing that in the background and you have to, you have to give it space to, it doesn't switch directly off at six, even if you, if you can get it to stop by the time you're dreaming. So you know, for, for me, it's about not, I don't take too many projects on. So I have that, you know, that extra space to, 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 to give it enough to the, to the other ones that I do have on as regards the rest of my team, like whatever, whatever the deal is, if it's, if something's lacking or something needs to be done, a consultant will always find a way to bridge a gap, keep a client happy, find another way, you know, put some interim report somewhere in. There's always something you can do um to to avoid having to to you know to, to make the call where you're disturbing someone's family life or their meal time or something like that yeah that sounds great uh on that note i would like to ask you how would you advise someone who aspires to become an entrepreneur uh the cliches are all true right so you what you here's what would work here's what if it's if it's work for me and I, it works for me in that I have a job I love and it's you know it, pay, it uh, pays the bills and then some you know I'm free to do a course like this you know so I I'm very I'm very thankful to the whole thing um but like it does like the the key piece of advice I would give if you're don't don't set out to be an entrepreneur because you want to be an entrepreneur find something that really, really, you know, something that really resonates with you, something that you really, you know, be prepared to be obsessed about it. Um, and that's like, it's the people that are obsessed when they're working on, when they're working on something and they know absolutely everything about it inside out. And, you know, it, it's, it's those people that, that, and you have to have a level of obsession and it has to be subject matter based. It can't just be, yeah, I want to be a successful entrepreneur and make loads of money and be, be really, those, those people go from one, one idea to the next. Um, I would say, you know, go, look, 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 go for, go for what you love, be, be passionate about what you do first and foremost, be ready for, um, be ready for obviously for the long hours. Uh, it's got the, the obsession would help The obsession will help with that. Uh, that's, I don't know what else to say about it uh, apart from that. It's, it's hard, it's, it's hard work, but it's very, very worth it. If now it, it's different for different people as well. 
there are they say second children in families tend to be more entrepreneurial and i've seen a few of those you know they have to make their own way they're they're keen to do that i i think there's different things for different people i don't think it's for i don't think it's for everyone um but you know if you like if you if you like a challenge if you're happy enough dealing with a bit of uncertainty and you're ready to put the work in and you really really love what you do those are, i think that's what you need to have a go have a good old go at it yeah i t- totally agree um yeah sometimes you just like when you are really into what you are working on you just don't feel the p- time pass by and you are willing to work overtime like it's not really overtime you're just enjoying it yeah just for just for the just for the love of it like a a, a problem like i i had a uh, i had a problem in a jeep well it wasn't a problem i needed a hands free set in a in the jeep i have and i easily spent three or four days puzzling over wiring diagrams because it was a it was a Range Rover, but it had it was the there were two or three years where they had the innards of the seven series BMW, so they were reliable for a change. But it also meant that the later seven series stuff you could retrofit it if you were prepared to move a few wires around. And I, you know, I need to be careful about it that I don't go off and spend too long doing something like that. But I hadn't done, you know, I hadn't repinned and moved the wiring around. But I got, you know, I got a I got the BMW logo popping up on the Range Rover, and the garage mechanic was going. He was swearing a little bit. I can't repeat it on the radio, but it was like, how how is that appearing on the front of that computer? Um, and that was a real, I got a real buzz out of that. Like, there's a, there are a few moments in life like that. It's when the when the mechanic shakes his head and goes, how expletive did that uh, did that happen? That's you know, uh, yeah, it's it's a particular it's a particular way of being, I suppose. Yeah, thanks for your input, Matt. Uh, as cliche as it might sound, uh, it's very in, uh, insightful and passionate. Over to Shiny. Hi, uh, Ruan, Matt. Uh, Shiny here. So I'm from a media background. So according to me, a consultant does the design and the team follows the instruction. But uh, how does this work for you as a consultant? Well... When you're doing that, so uh, if you're like, so I would have started out as a consultant doing a front end design. And so, you know, I would work with the client and I'd see what we needed and I, I'd sketch up a design and I'd bring that to a developer to, to, to make it real. And they would come back with something that was simple. They would come back with 80% of what I'd asked for. And perhaps other things would be realized in different ways, but there would be something emergent about that. They would have made something simpler about it. And you would see, all oh, right, okay. The, the, these things belong with each other. There's a, that, that's part of the process. So if you're going down the route of saying, I already know everything, and there's nothing that's going to come back from this design process, there's nothing about the underlying structure of it that I don't know, and it's going to come back from the implementation. If you're not open to that, you're not going to be able to get the solu- best solution possible. So I would say to keep that as a two-way communication channel. So just to follow up, so you have a, a, a like a creative freedom or a ideation session in your company before the design? Well, it, 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 it depends, right? So our process uh, came out of a series of products that we developed. So back in the, back in the kind of uh, late, mid to late noughties, uh, we would have, we, we made some applications and those would have been specified at a very high level. The way you're describing, consultant goes out and says, right, here's the business requirement. So business requirement was a CMS that would enforce a design standard across uh, something like 30 or 40 locations in four languages per location and have it manageable and keep and have automatic translation. So hard to achieve in 2008 with any, you know, without, without, without building something. So that would have been a very high level design. 
that I would have put in and I would have said CMS connections to a, a translation API uh, make it we make it appear under under domain names different top level domain names in this way and that would have been that now that design didn't last too long it went out but it was clunky on that there wasn't that that was the limit of how engaged I got with it and there wasn't it was very very it worked it presented what it needed to do it enforced the design standard but no one who wasn't trained in it wanted to work with it you know so it didn't it didn't really go anywhere so the later ones i would have got further into it so i would have i did a lot i did uh, loyalty and bookings and gift vouchers and other stuff later so i would have got further into the design on those ones with the with the developer so not just the front end with how, how are we going to do this? What are the tables going to look like? What, what do we need to put together to do this? And that back and forth. So there's two back and forths. There's me to the customer and what are we going to do? How are we going to realize it? And then there's the consultant to the developer. What does this do? What kind of structures are we going to get from this? And both sides of that engagement have a lot of value, particularly if you want it to last longer and to be you know something you can build on, something you can maintain, something that has the boundaries in the right places. You know that that lends itself to a to a, to a good architecture. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so, Ru, what is your take on this? Because you're on the other side. Yeah, my experience is actually very similar to uh, Matt. We have consultants uh, who's dealing like directly with clients. They check uh, what clients really need and what cli- clients' requirements are. Like that's one layer as well. And then the con- consultant will feed, back, uh, feed the requirements to developers and then we will see what's technically possible and then what is realistic to achieve. So, um, but sometimes I think at the early of the, when the, at the start of the project, project it's, also nice, it's also very important to have tech leads in some of the design meetings just to figure out what are um, really achievable. Thanks, Ru. Thanks, Matt. Uh, That was really uh, insightful experience. Thank you very much. Thank you. And that was all for the day, folks. We will be speaking to you soon on Design Talk. Thank you.